This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. We have been speaking extensively about National Disability Employment Awareness Month on the show. In fact, we'll be talking about some events around Halifax in about an hour with Ryan Delahanty. Every time I think we've explored all the angles, one of our colleagues comes forward with another great idea. I definitely recommend checking out Jenny Bovard's segment from a couple of weeks ago on our podcast. Excellent, excellent stuff, telling a personal story about an access denial and the work she did to resolve it through a human rights case. There are opportunities and organizations that assist people with disabilities start their own business. So let's talk about entrepreneurship and disability with Marco Pasqua. Marco is the co-founder of Meaningful Access Consulting. Hey, good morning, Marco. How are you? Good morning, Dave. Great as always. Nice to chat with you. So, Marco, the whole conversation, this entire topic we're jumping into today, stems from an experience that you had at a local business. What is Studio 73? Yeah, so thanks, Dave. Uh, This month is actually also Community Living Month in BC, and that celebrates and recognizes the contributions of uh, persons with developmental disabilities in our community. And Studio 73 is actually home to a group of artists with developmental disabilities who work with glass to create beautiful glassware and other decorative pieces. Now, over the pandemic, they had to switch their model completely virtually. But this year, um, about two weeks ago, Karen and I were actually able to go to their actual storefront and pay homage to those artists and actually buy some of their amazing decorative pieces that they've created. Um, And I just think that it's incredible that Studio 73 is a place that was born out of someone's garage, like many entrepreneurship uh, ventures <laughs> are, and uh, is giving an opportunity for people with developmental disabilities to express themselves and actually make an income off of their art. It's it's truly awesome. Marco, let's scratch a little bit deeper in that about the opportunity that Studio 73 represents. More broadly, what do you think that represents? Yeah, I think it represents artistry, entrepreneurship, uh, inclusion, and providing a space for people with disabilities to express themselves and turn their passions into something meaningful that can truly bring the community together. Um, I think, honestly, anyone who's got the bug of entrepreneurship in them knows that they want to be their own boss and they want to carve their own way. And maybe the traditional nine to five isn't you know, for them. And I'm seeing more and more businesses pop up with founders with disabilities who, in a system where maybe their traditional nine to five doesn't work for them, they've decided to carve their own path, much like myself and my wife, and said, this is how I want to make a contribution to society. This is how I want to make my living, not just have a job, but make my living. And I think it's so important for all people to embrace that, but particularly those with a knack for it if you have a disability. We could be here all day if we started shouting out all of those businesses. Every time I see one pop across my social media feed, I'm always interested and a little bit curious. There was one that I found out about recently called Brewability in Colorado that's all about inclusive hiring practices for people across the disability spectrum and universal design within the bar. So beer, pizza, universal design, inclusive hiring. This is speaking my language. Next time I'm in Denver, I know where I'll be going. (laughs) But what about some businesses that come to mind for you? 
Yeah, so a couple of years ago, I was watching Shark Tank, uh, and you know, I love entrepreneurship shows, and there was a, a business on there called John's Crazy Socks, and that's in the U.S., and it's based from a father-son team where the son um, has Down syndrome, and his dad recognized that he loved to create art and express himself through funky socks. So they thought, well, why can't we make this into a business? I kid you not, Dave, they're a multi-million dollar business now just from uh, the team selling funky, cool design socks. Uh, you probably also heard of the restaurants um, that got really big a couple of years ago, Dark Table, um, founded by uh, individuals who have a low vision or who are blind, and you you know eat completely in the dark. And I've experienced that once before, and it was really, really interesting experience for myself. So I just love seeing more people within my community, uh, persons with disabilities, really going out there and shining. Marco, how do you feel entrepreneurship factors into the inclusive employment landscape? Yeah, I really think that entrepreneurship is that opportunity where, as I said, the traditional nine to five doesn't really cut it for people. And I think that there's a real opportunity for if you have had barriers to employment, if there has been systematic things that have still created an issue or you're having challenges opening the eyes of potential employers, entrepreneurship is a way for you to show them exactly what you're made of and do it in your own way. And so I think the supporting of inclusion and persons with disabilities can only continue to happen as we create these conversations, but also show people that it's not about accommodating to our disabilities. It's giving us the opportunity to show you uh, what abilities we truly do have. And I mean, I feel like that's my role every single day mm. with what we do with Meaningful Access Consulting and, and all the things that I do as a speaker. So um, I just encourage more and more people to explore the opportunities that might be available for them, even if they've never considered entrepreneurship before. As you mentioned, you've been going down this road for a long, long time, even before you founded Meaningful Access Consulting. You've been working for yourself True. forever. What should somebody yeah. know before they start their own business, before they decide to work it's for themselves? Yeah, uh, well, first and foremost, it's not easy. It's not like uh, most of this is a turnkey situation where you just get going. You have to let it really invoke something. It has to come from a place of passion. Um, I know when I started my business, when the first year was the most difficult year, I'm a people person. So working out of a home office was extremely challenging for me um, just to be around my only four walls and my ceiling and no social interaction with coworkers, for example. This is pre-pandemic. So nobody was really, I wasn't used to being at home. This was almost 10 years ago. And so I found that what really helped me was to go to a local coffee shop, go to its importance, just hear the hustle and bustle of people walking by me and seeing people socially interact really helped me to get into the mindset of like, okay, I'm here, I'm in my community, I'm getting things going. You know, you don't have to have all of the answers, get a good accountant, you know, get good people <laughs> on your team that can support you with the things that maybe you're not the strongest in. Um, but really, as I said, Dave, it's got to come from a place of passion. Um, that's really where you're seeing the most successful entrepreneurs. I would say 95% of entrepreneurs fail within their first year of business. Mm. So if you can make it over that one year hump, um, you can do some incredible things. I definitely want to echo that component of passion. I do not work for myself, but a lot of what I do is about <laughs> self-starting. And if I didn't love what I do every day, this would be a very, very difficult job. And I can certainly say that my friends in the entrepreneurship world, the ones who are successful and happy with their lives are the ones who have great passion for what they do. So many times the business 
came after the passion. They found something yes. they loved to do and figured out the business afterwards and then built it for years and years and years. I think about my cousin who started a small martial arts gym in Montreal. Now he owns a couple. I mean, he works his tail off like 18, 20 hours a day, training, yes. working, <laughs> traveling. But the fact is, it all came from the fact I love doing this every day. A hundred percent, David. And, you know, I got to be honest, like somebody was crazy years ago when they decided to throw a mic in a nine year old's hand, my hand uh, and say, hey, do you have something interesting to say? And I, I realized that maybe this is something that I could use as a tool for good is use my voice. And I've been able to take that passion for speaking and lighting a fire in people into a real business that not only is now supporting myself, but my wife is now part of my team in a full time capacity. And it's rubbing off of my daughters, uh, my daughter. I should say, my I uh, was saying to the producers before we went live um, that my daughter, Stella, who I've talked about on the show before, she's only 19 months. She doesn't watch cartoons or Coco Melon or anything like this. I'm kidding. I, I'm not kidding you when I tell you her favorite shows are Dragon's Den, Shark Tank, uh, uh, <laughs> MasterChef, and American Ninja Warrior. So she is influenced by the things she sees around our home about physical activity, about entrepreneurship. And at 19 months, she's already talking about cost of goods sold and your unique unique selling proposition <laughs> and it's just it's crazy for me that that's you know part of her lexicon i guess we'll say all right so 18 years from now we'll find her in some mba program some excellent mba program maybe a harvard business school or or somewhere else uh marco as you pointed out you literally just launched a new business like within the last couple of months launched a new business but i've been asking people this all month long whenever we're talking about employment and disability especially inside the entrepreneurship context if I could do it all over, or if you told me today, Dave, you've got to do something completely different. I've said this before. I would start a laundromat, dry cleaner, and ideally in the same complex, have a convenience store right next to it. I think I would enjoy that work. I've previously worked uh, for McGill Athletics where I used to wash the like the sports team's equipment and wash like their uniforms, and it gave me such a sense of joy and accomplishment because it was straightforward, but it was also fun, and I still got to interact with people, and there was always that sense of pleasure when I finished something. What would you yes. do? Wow. Uh, well, so I've been involved for years also as an actor, but uh, outside of the acting industry, Dave, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm an avid poker player. So I actually, before launching my business officially 10 years ago, my, my initial business, um, I, I wanted to pursue being a professional poker player. Um, but but Karen, my wife, she talked me out of it due to the volatility of those types of uh, stakes <laughs> and games and things like this. But I'm actually very good. I've, I've uh, won my way onto the captain's table uh, when I've uh, gone on a cruise ship. Every single time um, I've gone on a cruise ship, I've won my way onto the captain's table, which is the final tournament table when you play poker on a cruise ship. Uh, and, I, and I just love poker, so I probably would pursue uh, professional poker. Okay, note to self, Marco's invitation to my Sunday night poker game lost in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to show up to Marco's house. Uh, Mar Marco, thank you for this. It's always a pleasure chatting. Thanks, Dave. And I really love that we were able to delve into the topic of entrepreneurship. It means a lot to me. Yeah, I would say it was definitely a pocket aces kind of a topic for sure. <laughs> That's Marco Pasqua, a former aspiring professional poker player, but now the co-founder of Meaningful Access Consulting. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. 
every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.